Listener Production. Whether you drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk or chalky milk, we've got a seat at the table for you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Woke up at 4.30 from a dream last night, Matt O'Kine. Did you see the message that someone texted in about the threesome dream that you had? What? No. No. The, the threesome dream that they had that involved yeah, gonna, you oh, okay. and two other say. people. Kind of say. Yeah, but they said in the text that you put in a very good performance in your dream. Well, in you his know, naturally, dream. Naturally. You know, <laughs> naturally the dream world is much more uh, spectacular than, the, <laughs> than real life. What was your world. dream? Well, I dreamed <laughs> that I was hanging out with um, Adam from Peking Duck. And him and Ruben had come up with um, DuckCoin, the new cryptocurrency. Oh, that sounds real. <laughs> I know. And so I like woke up and I w- it took me a little while to go, oh, wait, that was just a dream because that sounds like something that they would do. And 100%. so much so that we should get in touch with them and tell Peking Duck to launch DuckCoin and we'll, we'll invest. Okay, yeah, well, we should we should go thirds at least. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, although then he said, uh, like, later in the dream, he sent me a text in the dream and said, yo, bro, the, like, the novelty's worn off. Get out while you still can, because it was plummeting. <laughs> it was plummeting. Well, uh, that's what after. That's what happens after DuckCoin is peaking. Um, <laughs> hey, we're going to have a massive morning here at Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Let's get stuck into it, hey? We've got insiders today. Um, we're chatting to a real estate a mogul about what the heck I should do this weekend. It's all happening. Let's hit start. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, I feel like every single day I'm seeing a news article about an American person finding something out about the Australian way of life. Yeah, because probably there's quite a few of them who came over here for a holiday, you know, then decided, well... I might stick around here. It's a little bit more open than the home country. And it's only after a few months you really get to know the Australian way of life. Well, do you know, it works the opposite way because we've discussed this on our show before about how often Australians trip out about the fact that Americans don't have kettles. Yeah, true. We have it's a thing that, that, I mean, yeah. this is the same realisation. It happens at least once a year and it has done so for decades, mm. right? But every every day I feel like at the moment there's a new story coming out about what a, what a person from the US is suddenly realising about Australia. For instance... That our toilets are way better. Oh, man, they're better. Oh, my God. There's so much water in the American ones. Yeah, and it just sort of Why? like slowly sinks. I'm like, oh. you need some... <laughs> Force. You need some waterfall force, please. Um, well, one person on Twitter, on TikTok, um, Adam Fosky, um, well, one, he said that he didn't have, didn't know what a degustation meal was um, until he came to Australia. But I think that's just an age thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's a pretty young guy. It's not like you. I wasn't cruising around in my late teens, early 20s, like rolling up to degustation. No, it, th- those ages, it's disgusting. And then <laughs> yeah. after about 25, 26, you go to degustation. Like exactly. earlier on, it's, yeah, I'll have this energy drink with a, you know, service station <laughs> with, sausage roll. Yeah, with the traveller pie. <laughs> That's the hey, degusting meals. What Adam Fosky did say on TikTok, which has actually semi-blown my mind, apparently... They don't do hip hip hooray after happy birthday in the US. Ridiculous. Did hip, you know that? Hip hip. Hooray. No, you just assumed that that's all. You <laughs> I know. thought that was a worldwide thing. That means someone in Australia at the end of happy birthday went one time, went <laughs> hip hip. Everyone went 
what the hell am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> like, just crickets. <laughs> hip hip. Oh man, that would be. It'd be feel like being stabbed <laughs> at the end of it. But I try at the end of um, Happy Birthday in um, Warrnambool Primary School. At the end of that, used to sing Bravo Bravissimo. She goes, bravo, 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 bravissimo, bravo, bravo, what? very well done. You you sang that at the end of Happy Birth? <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. Why do we say hip hip hooray? Oh, my God. <laughs> this ties in with your awful bleached section of hair as well. <laughs> I could just imagine you. No, they were different <laughs> eras, mate. You're, that's like saying that the uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was in the Jurassic period when it was obviously the Cretaceous. I mean... <laughs> uh, I can't be making fun of you at all, man. I, I was tagging school desk to yeah, DFW. Exactly. So, um, but look, w- there was another one that came out yesterday, wasn't there? There certainly was, and that was... An American in Australia, absolutely mind blown. Uh, that's we love a pop in, can just wander past and drop into a house, which is um, you, pretty good. Tell you what, my poor next door neighbours growing up. I mean, it wasn't even a pop in. I just had two houses essentially. <laughs> that's I feel so yeah. sorry for them. I was over whenever I went wanted, and they must have just been like, "Go away." Please. Yeah, my mate down the road had the internet before we did, like way before we did. Pop in all the time. Sorry, I just got to send this email. Oh, could I try? Could I have a go on my MSN? Like, oh man, <laughs> be absolutely a nightmare. And I think it's because in America, I mean, you'd have your mind blown from the pop in as well. Except it would be because they had guns and they wouldn't like trespassers on their property. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a risk. It's a bit riskier, isn't it? Well, I remember. I remember someone popped in once. And um and I got terrified. Like I, I opened the door. It was during this like um during the day, it was uni holidays or something. And there's this big guy. And he looked kind of like he had a few tattoos on him. <laughs> and 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 I answered the door and I'm like, hello? And he's like, You don't remember me, do you? <laughs> and man, I was like, ah, like what have I done? Who have I pissed off? I was so scared. And he's like, It's me, James. We went to daycare together. I was like, oh my God, okay. (laughs) This is completely unexpected, but all right, bro. And he remembered where your house was. Yeah, well, like we like it was like you know our mums were friends kind of thing, and we'd occasionally go to each other's houses during daycare, like when we were very young. But man, I hadn't seen him for like twenty years. You know, it was and he didn't have his tattoos when he was younger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And what was what was he there to say? Oh, he was just like, oh, I'm just usually living in town. So he was coming to visit his uh, his mum in, you know, down the road from where my dad was living. Anyway, it was one of those things like, just drop by. I thought I'd just check in. I'm like, oh, my God. Scared the hell out of me, dude. You're lucky we're not in America. Absolutely. I would have come packing just to defend myself. Well, let us know. Uh, pop-ins. When have they happened? When have you performed a pop-in? When have you received a pop-in? When have you watched Mary pop-ins? Uh, <laughs> any of those talkbacks. <laughs> We are happy to take here at Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders. 
Oh, a very juicy insider today and one which I want to find out the most about because I, I still feel this is quite a mysterious profession, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, maybe because we don't necessarily work in traditional workplaces. Well, well it's... Um, which we encounter people like this all the time. Well, it's sort of odd. You, I would have thought you'd know a bit more about it, getting dragged there every second week. <laughs> <laughs> ah, jokes, jokes, jokes. I'm gammon, mate. I'm gammon. <laughs> we are talking about HR. Human relations. What does it mean? What's it Wait, all about? What are is we... it human relations or it's human resources? resources. Sorry, it's human resources. See, exactly. PR is public relations. <laughs> That's it. Human re- public resources, human relations. It's HR. <laughs> and our anonymous insider joins us right now on the phone. Hello, insider. Hello, it's nice to be talking from human relations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I understand why Alex got that wrong, right? You are dealing with the, it feels like the relations of humans all the time. It it definitely is. (laughs) Um, What is HR? People think that it's hiring and firing and there's not that much in between, but there's also a whole lot of other things that we do. There's payroll, there's learning and development, there's a whole bunch of things, but... um, yeah, it's it's I, it's a very wild time working. I always HR. imagine that it's complaints that you just get a lot of complaints, um, yeah. some important, some petty. You know, yes. it's like the place where the office where someone goes when like they're annoyed because someone, you know, uh, heated up fish in the microwave and it stunk out the office. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like that. There's definitely the petty side of things too. You know, like. People want us to investigate, like, stolen cupcakes. People want to just, <laughs> oh, the, the stupidest things come through. And, you know, like, we'll have to go and talk to people who have, you know, found somebody clipping their toenails at their desk, you know, <laughs> just disgusting, horrible things that That's- shouldn't happen. And, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's so funny. But I feel HR is a department which only gets injected into companies or businesses once they reach a certain level. What sort of size yeah. companies start getting someone who's in charge of HR? You might get like you might get one person just working in HR if you've got like a company of 100 people. But yeah, like as it gets bigger, there's more people that come into the fold and so you'll start to have like teams within teams. But um. Like, sometimes you will just have one HR person running around being like, why have I done this to myself? Yeah. For sure. And how big a department have you worked in in HR? Um, About 2,000 people. (gasps) As in the company is 2,000, not the HR team. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I should have said No, no, I just wanted to clarify. Okay, (laughs) great. So there's about 2,000 people. Well, let's let's go. Let's hit up hiring then. What's Mm -hmm. the strangest part of the hiring process for you as a HR person? Um, I guess it's looking at the resumes. Like sometimes you'll get like a CV or something that's 30 pages long. You might get people who have quoted themselves on their own resume or people who've sent through a selfie instead of their CV or something. Like what, just a selfie, no no yeah. credentials whatsoever at all. Yeah, just being like, look at my face and decide if you want to hire me. But <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's very... It's, yeah. Put an inspirational quote of them, from themselves yeah. next to it as well. Wow. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that where they'll just have a whole page and it'll just be like a quote from themselves with their name underneath. Or they might even lie and say that they've had more experience than they've had. So Have you called I people might, out doing that before? Even, come on. Every, so many people would do that. Oh, but I mean people who lie, who say, I've had 10 years of experience and they're 18 years old and it makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> have you called people on that before? Uh, I mean, not... 
not me personally, but I've definitely worked with people who've had to be like, this doesn't stack up. Please explain. But, For um, sure. So the hiring yeah. process takes up a little bit of time in a company. How about the firing process? Does that take up a bit of time? It does. And it's not, it's obviously the, the, not the most fun part of the job, but it's something that just has to be done. And a lot of the time, it's not really the HR decision. It's kind of the manager decision. They have to do that. And that's just part of the job. And we're there to help make sure that it's legal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, right. Because yeah. people must yeah. obviously get like, you must have so many people who, when they get fired, they're just like, no, I'm not leaving. Oh, yeah, 100%. You'd get people that wouldn't, you know, leave the building. But a lot of people get the gist and probably do want to leave. I don't think you'd want to stay around if someone says, we don't want you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Getting into HR, is this something you studied for in order to, to get in there? And uh, what was the, your reasons for, uh, for getting into this job? Yeah, oh, definitely in it for the money, for sure. But, um, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I really? Is it, like, no. really well paid? Not at all. I mean, it, I mean, it depends. If you get further up and you get more senior, it can be, you know, fairly lucrative, I guess. But mm. it's not. It's yeah. It's something I definitely did not go into for the money. But um, well, yeah, actually, I, well, hold I, on. You must also know what everyone's getting paid, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So does it just does that annoy you? <laughs> Do you just see some slacker doing nothing? You're like, oh, I know that you're getting paid twice as much as me. Oh, yeah. And it normally lines up, you know, like in a big enough company, you have performance appraisals. And so you can see what people have been rated, you know, if it's a scale of one to 10, you can find out, you know, how much they're being paid and then how much that, you know, how well they performed that year. And Whoa. It's, it's different. So if you're working and you're running to someone from HR, like, <laughs> is it, do you have Be to, nice. do you have to talk to people <laughs> and just pretend that you don't know that they're <laughs> like hold, oh, hold yeah. things in without say, you know, without divulging what you're thinking? Yes. You have to walk past them and pretend that they haven't, you know, been accused of harassing somebody, you know, like, and oh you just God. have to, oh you do have to keep, yeah. I mean, but for the most part, you know, you just try and be nice, I guess. That's all you can do. And yeah, hope they don't bring it up with you. And <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and then what about, yeah. what about, do you see, do you notice uh, instances of like gender pay gaps uh, if you're looking at across the, you know, company's finances? Yes, but you often find that, you know, in a big enough company, they'll try and um, have people that work through that as a, as a project. So they'll, um, you know, there's different regulations, there's different things that they need to do to make sure that people are getting paid equally and fairly. So, yeah, but I guess it might it might be a little bit more difficult, you know, the smaller the company, like if you've got one person that has a million different jobs. So, yeah, but um, it's... Yeah, it's it's not great with the gender pay gap. <laughs> yeah, <It's not. laughs> of course. And um, just finally, Insider, um, what is the thing that you really love about your job and what is the one thing that you wish you didn't have to do in your job or really irks you? Uh, that's a good question. I, I really like, I mean, it sounds like a bit of a cliche to say, but I do like the people that I work with a lot of the time. They're, you know, they're really lovely and everybody has a great sense of humour and it's nice when you can work in a place that's big enough to have like a, a good team. But um, I guess the, the worst part is probably the firing situation or having to be involved in, you know, pretty serious <laughs> workplace complaints and things. I mean, I saw, I haven't been involved in this, but I did see the other day that somebody got fired because they sent an inappropriate meme. And I, you know, as 
interesting as that would be, imagine being in the conversation to have to let that person go over a meme. I get, you know, like, oh man, oh. like how how inappropriate are we talking here? <laughs> Boy, Gregory is starting to uh, shiver yeah, in I his mean, boots. <laughs> I mean, was it what was inappropriate about the meme? Uh, well, it was, you know, offensive language and racist mm. and sexist and horrible things. But, um, yeah, it's not, I had nothing, you know, I was not involved in that, but it was, I did see it pop up in the news the other day. And, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Not good. <clears throat> well, meme responsibly, as uh, <laughs> yeah. Dad Boy Gregory always says. And uh, Anonymous, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have... Performed very well today, I'll give you that much as oh, a report. So. Hit all your KPIs <laughs> and you're going to be getting the bonus at the Matt and Alex all-day breakfast staff party at the end of the year, no doubt. Yay. Thanks. Good. I got Thanks. something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Anonymous. Thank you. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt, we had a little bit of a chat about school rules this week after one school got uh, very, very uh, caught up on the fact that they have women at their school and decided to um, draw more clothes onto them. Um, reminiscing about... To cover up their uh, <laughs> apparent cleavage in their yearbook photos. It was uh, barely a shadow. Barely a shadow. You mentioned that uh, a school in your hometown of Warrnambool had some interesting rules as well. The old one-way corridor. It's um, it's a new, a new and exciting Just, I've never way heard of, that of corridor traffic management. But um, that's going on. They should offer an Irish person $50 an hour to just have the stop sign back and forth <laughs> to go. To make sure the kids are going slow much, and then how many stopping. people were at this school of yours? They could have possibly warrant. I went to a school with like 2,000 people. There couldn't have been more than that at your Warner. Oh, school. no, it was like 1,000, 1,200, something like oh, that at that school. Gosh. Um, but we did uh, throw it out there. We got a few people getting in touch regarding their own school rules. One of them uh, was an anonymous voice message uh, of someone who had a rule about the toilets. The school I work at, we, we lock the toilets so that the um, kids don't graffiti it and trash it at recess. But it's hilarious when the kids wanted to go to the toilet for a time. We gave them a key attached to like a paddle, a bit like in the servo, and they had to sign it in and out. And yeah, like it was literally like going to the public toilet when you're filling up your car on like a road trip, like a hardcore paddle. It was funny as like poor kids. Oh, the kids locked out of the dunnies. <laughs> With uh, just the old dog bowl attached to a uh, key. So there. brutal. I know. Wow. I mean, it would have saved the cleaners a lot of time because those school toilets, filthy. Oh, man. Did some unspeakable things. You just remember hear the rumours of what <laughs> they found in there and you go, oh, good. Anyways, um, but we also have Michaela on the phone. Michaela, your school had a weird rule. Yeah, um, I went to a Catholic school in Grafton and um, we had a no piercings rule. Um, and one day I was in a science class and I kind of leant back over my chair and was stretching and my belly button ring exposed. <gasps> and um, the, the teacher immediately pointed at it and said, you've got to take that out now that I've seen it. 
<laughs> oh no! That'll I teach know. you to yawn, Michaela. That's quite... <laughs> That'll teach you to yawn. That's pretty <laughs> devilish of you, I would say, to be um, wearing, you know, going strictly against the rules. I know exactly. Was it no exposed piercings or a no piercings in general? I reckon it depends on the teacher, to be honest. I think mm. that some of them would have looked the other way, but this one was a bit of a hard ass. So oh, they found out because they saw it. If you had just said, I have a belly button ring without showing them, would they have said, well, you've got to take it out? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I reckon oh, they would have. <laughs> do, do, do the teachers have earrings? Um, yeah, yeah, the rules don't apply to them. Are you allowed to have <laughs> earrings, though, as, as a student? <laughs> Yeah, you could, but it, it just had to be, like, the one single. Like, you couldn't have, like, doubles or all the way out the ear or anything. Oh, I know. Oh, the okay. high piercing on the ear. That, sure that... sign of a delinquent, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. How boring would Heartbreak High be if Drazik didn't have an <laughs> eyebrow ring piercing? You just got expelled on the first day. Unbelievable. All right, thank you very much, Michaela. No worries. Catch you later. Matt is in Launceston as well. G'day, Matt. Hey, guys. Now, uh, Matt, your school had a weird rule about shirts. Yeah, so through middle school, um, the rule didn't last long, obviously, but we had like these pale mint green shirts that we had to have tucked into our grey shorts. And um, one of the rules that the teachers made was that if you had the side seam of your shirt, like a slit in it, uh, you could wear it untucked. So <laughs> boys taking uh, four square at school a bit seriously started getting a bit uncomfortable after lunch, being all sweaty with their shirts tucked in that uh, resulted in people cutting their own shirts. <laughs> oh, my God. Doing your own, um, what's it called, when you're stitching things up? <laughs> tailoring. Haberdashery. <laughs> you're, you're doing your own tailoring in the in the lunch yard, really? Uh, yeah, and being middle school boys, the job's pretty rubbish. You could have loose <laughs> cotton threads everywhere. It was not a good look. <laughs> Oh, For yeah, sure. I remember we we all removed our sleeves in our last year of year 12, <laughs> walking around with the old muscle shirts. Oh, that seriously? Was, yeah, look, I mean, I make fun of you for doing some embarrassing things in school, Alex Dyson, but I... The old tank is, top. Yeah, <laughs> I took the cake. <laughs> Goodness oh me. God. And finally, let's go to Belle, uh, who is in Newcastle today. G'day, Belle. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, thanks, Belle. Now, you had an interesting rule for band. <laughs> Yeah, so um, back in the day, I spent a few years playing flute and I worked myself up to flute one of our big band, which was Ooh. quite impressive for me. But this was during the American Pie saga. So if oh. you knew much about that movie, um, playing flute and wow. going to band camp, I ended up copying a lot of crap. But, um, yeah, oh, man. I, I apologise on behalf of all year nine boys, uh, <laughs> Belle. That's a, uh, that's I just, a stinker. I, mean, I didn't know much about what she was actually doing in the movie at that age, but later on I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah, um, for yeah sure. right. So what was the rule then? Yeah, so the principal and, and my mom sat me down and said, look, you've gone as far as you can, and to give the band a better chance at um, comps, we need a bassoon player, so you're up. And so, mind you, the bassoon is not the sexiest of instruments, so I ended up going from first flute to holding the band back because the bassoon is so hard to play and my notes were always so flat and resembled like a goose honking. Um, <laughs> so I worked my butt off to get to the front only to get knocked back and my crush played trombone. So I went from like flirting and giving him the side eye from flute one to him like watching my sweaty back as I failed miserably. So my love life also took a hit. So cheers, mum. <laughs> <laughs> 
So their rule uh, is the best flute player <laughs> must then go and make up for everyone else's failings on the bassoon. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I've got to thank my mum for that because, um, yeah, my resilience really wasn't that good by that point. So, Goodness yeah. me. Well, shout out to um, Flute 2 doing an absolute Bradbury <laughs> and coming through <laughs> on that number one I was very one jealous flute. of her because, yeah, she claimed it for a while. So, yeah, thanks, Kate. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> good oh, on you, Kate. Wow. Flute 1 by default. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing that, Belle. And Jeez, uh, I hope the bassoon lessons have been fun ever since. Yeah, they're down the drain. But thank you. <laughs> Cheers for that. We'll catch you All later. Right. If you have any school rules, always feel free to get in touch. Matt and Alex. Well, Matt, the doomsday clock is ticking. When it comes to you rocking up on a street or in an alley and there'll be a person in the suit talking really quickly and you'll be spending potentially thousands and thousands of dollars with every scratch of the nose. You're going to your first auction this weekend. Yeah, and not only am I going to my first auction, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on bidding and that's the scary thing. Will I win? Uh, my very first auction. I don't know. I've been asking you, <clears throat> the audience, for advice over the last couple of uh, podcasts. But we thought as much as, you know, I trust you listening, um, I also trust property moguls. <laughs> and that is why we decided to get our next guest on. Because Alex Dyson, even last night, I was lying in bed, <laughs> racking my brains, thinking... In your rented house. Yep. What... Uh, the, the house that I've rented for 10 years that I'm apparently paying the most in my whole building for. Have you calculated how lying, much you've spent on rent in the decade? I, owe, I own it more than the owner, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure that they did not pay as much as half of I've, what I've paid. Like, I mean, 10 years, 60, 680, I would have spent 300 and something thousand dollars across the 10 years and they, would have, they wouldn't have bought it for 600,000. Anyways. <laughs> um... So I was thinking, what am I going to wear? What am I going, what do you wear to the auction? So we thought we'd ask not just that question, but a load of more questions too. Uh, someone who currently hosts the Property Playbook podcast alongside, uh, she's on the money host, Victoria Devine. Uh, she is a licensed real estate agent, a qualified property investment advisor, holds a Cert 4 in property services, double bachelor degree in commerce and arts, and modules of the Masters of Property, it is... Amy Lenardi from the Property Playbook. Hello, Amy. Hello. Oh, I'm also a property mogul, which I think Alex introduced me as. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> mogul is yeah, what great. Is the... Where, what are the steps? Because if I guess if you buy one, you're a, you're a property owner, right? I did the mogul. I did the mogul course back at uni. <laughs> <laughs> Set for in mogulism. Right. <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad. Uh, but so you must just really love real estate, Amy. Yeah, I love real estate. I've actually got the best job and I get to buy people's houses for them, but I don't actually have to spend the money. <laughs> so you so you, oh, you so do good. the bit of the bidding at auctions for people a lot of the time. I do everything. Yeah, yeah. I do everything from start to finish, like helping them find the property and all the due diligence, but I bid at auctions 
every weekend. So I bid at hundreds of auctions. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. okay. So, so, we're ready. so you're so someone who, when they rocked up to an auction, would absolutely wipe the floor with this timid first-timer <laughs> who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> That's what people pay me the big bucks for, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, look, I do want to find out what I'm going to – what I should wear. Okay, I really have been thinking about that. But let's hit – because, you know, I don't know, do I wear a suit? Do I dress down casual? But before we get to that, Amy, I want to know, what are what are the rookie mistakes that you see first-timers make at auctions? You know what? The biggest mistake I reckon people make is, and this sounds kind of obvious, but it's not because everyone does it, is figuring out how much you're actually going to spend. And I know that, that if you're like, oh, well, you might have a budget and that's what you bid to. But all the time I see people bidding, 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 and then they get to the limit that they'd kind of thought about in their head or agreed to with their partner and they look at each other or they pause and they're like, oh, should I go a little bit more? What should I do? And that's such a bad mistake because you're actually showing other buyers and other bidders that you've reached your limit. So, oh, eyes oh, to the front. Is that right. one of the tips? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so figuring, and this is the, this is the, my biggest tip and it comes before the auction, not at the auction, which is figuring out what your absolute walk away, not going to spend a dollar more number is. And that's what you're going to have in your back pocket. Mm. Okay. Now, Amy, when you see, let's imagine that I managed to spot a couple of these people, umming and ahhing, oh, can we go a little bit higher? What's the, what's the, you know, the, the big move that I just, the power play over the top of them to just bulldoze them out of the way? <laughs> so I, look, I personally tend to look them straight in the eyes. I'm wearing sunnies and I've got my arms crossed, but I'm looking straight at them. So I'm not looking at the auctioneer. I'm looking at the other bidders and I'm bidding against them and just staring them down. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> that being said, that requires a lot of confidence. So I actually think that the best tip is to try not to overthink it because you'll already be super anxious on the day. And if you try and like play out these, all of these different strategies, you might actually sort of, yeah, overthink it and stress yourself out even more. Amy, you yeah, treat this okay. like the biggest high stakes game of poker. It's like okay. Casino Royale. <laughs> Do you also dub the blood tears away with your handkerchief <laughs> whilst you're well, standing there to uh, put the other people up? This is incredible. I mean, Amy... <laughs> What, what, I mean, Alex has suggested, the first thing Alex said at the beginning of the week was, what was it? Go Start slow. Start low, go slow. <laughs> go slow, go slow is the, the worst advice oh, <laughs> You're the second person to have said that to, to us. <laughs> okay. Why? I googled how to do good at auctions and that was the first thing that came up. So obviously it's good advice, Amy. <laughs> well, definitely. I Look, I recommend going quick and basically bidding really loudly and really confidently and really quick because if other people haven't come along with a game plan then your goal is to kind of rattle their confidence and make them think that oh my gosh this guy's never going to stop mm. okay so amy a couple of things two things what can i ask the uh the agent in the lead up to get the the heads up on you know, some, some more goss. Yeah. So you can ask, you can ask how many other bidders have been confirmed for the day. Sometimes I ask them, you know, what have these other people been bidding up to? Because real estate agents, they know everything about everyone. So they might say, oh, well, so-and-so, they've bid on something else before and they've gone up to $700,000. So they'll, wow. they'll know the goss. So you'll have a bit of insight into your competitors. But overall, it doesn't really matter what everyone else is going to do. It really just depends on you and your budget and how much you're prepared to pay. 
Okay, and the, and the other question I did want to ask before I get on to what I'm going to wear because I, I'm genuinely <laughs> concerned about I've, I'm only going to take a small bag and I've only got one outfit. This feels like pack. an episode of like How I Met Your Mother and we're waiting for the very final episode <laughs> just, to find out what Matt's going to wear. As, as well, but the people that you are, um, like you, you mentioned, you know, the couple who um and are and they're like they've obviously hit their limit. Who, which other characters am I likely to come across and oh, how do I yes, defeat them? I love them? this. All right, so, okay. <laughs> you might come across, like, the macho dad. Uh, yes, I fear he, this. I've, I've, I feared I would come across this person. Yeah, the macho dad. So the macho dad gets really competitive if he's spitting for his daughter, especially. Mm. Right? So okay. he wants and he wants a bit of competition. So sometimes they're hard. Sometimes I wouldn't bid too fiercely against the macho dad because he'll just feel like he's in a bit of a competition. And, and how, just how can you spot a macho dad? Is it standing next to a younger lady with a VW Golf with P plates? Look pretty much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and so then how do I how do I beat the macho dad? Because I don't want to like I don't want to make this a test of masculinity and then he just he just bid ridiculously to prove that he's the machoist. How do what do yeah. I do? You know what? The, this is the only time when bidding a little bit slower can actually work because then you just you don't feel like he's getting into competition with you and you let him actually think about how much money he's spending. So mm. you don't go as fast against the macho dad. Interesting. Okay, okay. And then so anyone else? Yeah, so you've got, oh, there was someone, I heard a story of an auction last weekend here in Melbourne. There was someone just bidding from their car. <laughs> and they wouldn't get out of the they wouldn't they wouldn't get what, out like of the a drive through auction. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't get out of the car and they just put, kept putting their hand out of the car and bidding. Well that's silly. They should have honked for every time they were bidding. <laughs> so, wow. So sometimes you just get a random person who just does really weird things. You can't let that throw you off your game. Was it an expensive car? Was it were they in the Rolls Royce? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really good power play, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, rent a rolls for the day, Matt, and bid from the car. There's another yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Okay, well, look, I feel prepared now. The final question, Amy Lenardi from uh, the Property Playbook podcast, which you can listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And I was listening to it, it was great, but, Amy, oh, I mean, yes. you've dropped the ball, haven't haven't gone over what to wear at an auction. Yeah, so I do want to know. Feel- and is, I, I, I is just, the most it, crucial thing when buying it's a property. only because I was lying awake last night, literally googling in the dark on my phone, <laughs> what to wear at an auction. I didn't know whether I should pack the suit. I didn't know whether I should go smart cash. I didn't know whether I should go full like shorts and tee and just, you know, whip the bids up and up. So what do you think? Well, first of all, I think it's probably your like the least of your concerns. <laughs> but I love that you. I love that you're focusing on it because it'll take your attention away from like the really scary stuff. <laughs> mm, okay, such as the hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt you'll be in. <laughs> right. But I, you know what? The only the only thing I reckon you need to take along with you is just a really good pair of sunnies, like some really um, scary big black sunglasses oh. and that's because then it'll make you feel a bit more confident because you can kind of like hide a little bit away but then when you're staring other people down they can't see your eyes and it's just a bit more intimidating that's my that's my only tip with what you're going to wear and match it with whatever you want really <laughs> oh amy this is priceless stuff well look i hope one day in the future i can uh i can i don't know you can Manage the property that I buy this weekend or so. I don't know. Anyways, okay. look, 
hopefully we can chat again in the near future. Well, good luck. So good I can luck. thank good you. Luck. Oh, my for... last tip. My last oh. tip. This is actually this is a really important tip. You have to you have to definitely do this. Make sure that you find a cafe or a bathroom along the way so that you can do a nervous wee or number two. Because okay. there's nothing worse than being at an auction and being nervous and having to go to the toilet. Oh, oh and, I, I, and I'm assuming the toilet inside the house is not. No, no. I think, you would, I think to assert dominance, you just go in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you do it exactly. with the door open. <laughs> <laughs> So that everyone can see that it's your turn. Exactly right. Amazing. Well, Well, Amy, thank you so much. I've been really enjoying the Property Playbook podcast and uh, we appreciate you having a chat to us today. And um, I hope that you never manage a property meadow kind of bird in the future. (laughs) I was like, what is, what can we possibly, what is a good way to work together again outside of the podcast forum? And then I was like, but I wouldn't, and I wouldn't want you to be selling my property to someone else or someone you help. Helping someone else buy it if I win it. So that was my only option. Anyway, thank you, Amy. You're the absolute <laughs> Thanks, best. You guys. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Well, that brings us to the end of another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's always fun hanging out with you for a daily podcast extravaganza. We will be catching you for another big episode tomorrow. What are you going to wear tomorrow, Matt? (laughs) Oh, you know, shirt and no pants as usual. Be cutting off the sleeves of that shirt or leaving them them as is? I've got the photo floating around somewhere. I'll I'll show it to you one day. Uh, But, yeah, keep in touch with us at matt.and.alex. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Listener.